Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. I am your host, Thomas A. Deloach, and I'm so glad that you've decided to connect with me for these few moments in time. And on today's show, I want to talk about established in faith. This is a teaching podcast, so go and grab your Bibles, as always, and something to write with, as I believe I have something good to share with you on this episode today. Now, when we talk about established in faith, and that word established means having been in existence for a long time and therefore recognized and generally accepted. So my question is, how long has your faith been really accepted by you? Have you accepted your faith in God? I mean, I know people, I've talked to them and they talk about how long that they've been saved. But when we talk about faith, I don't know that they really have accepted where they are in their walk with God. I don't know that they've really accepted the fact that maybe their faith is not working for them like they really believe it should be. And if they know it should be working for them, I think they may have just put their feet up and they're just coasting and hoping things will get better. And I'm not sure if the church has done a bad job at this or the people are just not listening. But until you really learn how to operate in faith, you can't go anywhere in God. I'm going to say that again. Until you learn how to operate in faith, you can't go anywhere in God. And you have a lot of people that are stuck. So our faith needs to be established. We need to be able to look at and say, this is how long I've been operating in faith and getting results. That's what you want. You just don't want to be going to church, listening to a sermon, but you don't know how to apply what you're getting by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. Let me give you a couple of things that I think will help kind of anchor in this whole premise about being established in your faith. The origin of faith is God. I want you to write that down. The origin of faith is God. So when God steps on the scene, it's no longer natural, it's supernatural. So God is always going to deal with you by faith and it's going to be through a supernatural means. This is not some kind of natural road we're walking on in the natural mind and the natural world where one plus one is two. That's accepted everywhere. But when we're talking about God, it's not that way in the kingdom. It's not that way in his mind or in his thoughts because God's thoughts and ways are so far advanced from ours. It takes us some time to really understand what God is really doing. So therefore, you cannot separate the supernatural from faith. It's a part of it. If you try to separate the supernatural from faith, it's no longer God and it's no longer faith. Many people live in the realm of human faith. You know what that is. Optimism, turning over a new leaf, mind over matter, But it wasn't human faith or optimism that caused Peter to walk on the water. It wasn't mind over matter that caused Jesus to heal those 10 lepers. It wasn't optimism that turned water into wine. It wasn't human faith that caused blind Bartimaeus to see. 
You know what human faith is. You go outside, you got your keys in your hand. You got faith that if I put the key in the ignition and turn it on, the car is going to start. You know what human faith is. You sit in a chair. You know and believe it will hold you because your eyes could see it. You could touch it. You could see that it's sturdy enough to hold you. But when we're talking about supernatural faith or being established in faith, we have to trust God. So when God tells us to step out and do something, we've got to be sure we've heard his voice. And then we know if we heard his voice, we know everything else that he says to us is correct as well. The problem is we don't know if we really heard his voice. We think it's something that we may have concocted up or something that's coming from someone else that we may have talked to. This is why we've got to have a personal relationship with the Lord. I'm not talking about relationships with all these other little things, but I'm talking about the source of our faith. The origin of our faith is God. The Bible says that my sheep know my voice and a stranger they will not follow. See, the enemy's job is to present substitutes and remove the supernatural from our life. You know, there are a lot of substitutes in the world, but when you get ready to make a good pound cake, you don't want margarine. You want real butter because the outcome is going to determine what you put in there from the beginning. So don't get caught up in substitutes. Don't get caught up in things that are fake things that are flaky. For example, I like nice things and I'm sure you like nice things. But when you get ready to go to the Louis Vuitton store, you can't go in there with a coupon. They don't accept coupons in the Louis Vuitton store. You either got to have the money to get it, go in there and buy what you want. You can't put it on layaway. Now, I ain't knocking that layaway, but you can't put no Louis bag or no layaway. And people would rather have a fake Louis. You know why? Because it don't cost them nothing. They can give $10, $20, and $50 and put the facade out there that it's a real bag. But when you put it next to something that is real, it looks different. The craftsmanship, the class, the zippers, the design of the bag, uh, even the serial number. You know, people like to put a fake serial number in a fake Louis bag and take it to a real store and think that they're going to get a refund or pawn it off as something real. Those people know what they're doing in there. You want the real thing. You don't want nothing fake because when you're dealing with the enemy, he's going to be able to size you up and say, Peter, I know, but who are you? So God is really trying to help us to understand that if we're really going to operate in faith and do it the right way, we've got to be able to recognize, is our faith established? Is our faith anchored in the things of God? Is our faith real? Is it authentic? Because I want to be in that number. Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Hey, Thomas DeLoach, I know. But who are you? And so we've got to get this thing right. And if we do, I promise you, things will begin to really move forward. And we'll get something that God really wants us to get out of this walk with God. We will know him. That's what you want. Your faith is there so you can know him because he's going to be able to teach you some things about him. And you just can't get it any other way than faith. I tried it. It just don't work. At the end of the day, you keep coming back to faith. You keep coming back to Lord, help me believe you. Help me to trust you. And it's a journey. But notice what it says here in James chapter 2, verse 19. It says, you believe that there is one God. 
good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. In other words, if your belief is the same as demons, then what kind of faith do you really have? Not much. It can't help you. Notice what 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 5 says, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So when we have true and real authentic faith, it will stand on the power of God. God has power. I'm going to say that again. It's not that he is power. He has power. When Jesus died, he snatched all the power from Satan. And he said, I got all power, man. I've got it. And God's got all power. And he wants to give it to you. He wants to release the power of his presence, the power of his supernatural ability in your life since we're on the planet and we've got to live here and we got to do certain things. We want results. That's what we want. Now listen to this. The first place that we try to put our faith, especially as it relates to the westernized world, is in education. That's why in the westernized world, education is almost seen as God. Go anywhere and people want to know, where did you graduate? Did you graduate from this school, that school? And if you graduated from a community college, many times they won't even recognize that. But you put in the work. But they want you to graduate university because I'm telling you, they will be very prejudiced and, and discriminated towards you if they don't think your education is quality in this world education is king. And I'm not saying you shouldn't get educated, but we've got to understand one thing about education. All it is good for is in this world, in this westernized world that we live in. Education is just good for man-made things. And the reality is, is that only the natural man wants education. That's what we really, and that's where we get kind of messed up at. You know, we get saved and we give our life to the Lord and then we start trying to get more education. We don't get in prayer. We don't try to read our Bible and ask the Holy Spirit to teach us, to train us, to educate us. And God will also use pastors and mentors. But at the end of the day, if a pastor and a mentor is not teaching you to listen to the voice of God and how to yield to the Holy Spirit, then what are you getting? See, we have to learn how to teach people not what we may have learned, but teach people what works. And when you strip it all the way down to the bare bones, we've got to learn how to develop our listening ear of the spirit to be taught of God so that things will come to us by revelation, not information. God says, I want to reveal to your spirit man and establish your faith. We got a lot of junk in our faith. We got a lot of man-made doctrine in our faith. And when it's really time to step out on the water and do what God told us to do, many of us know we're going to drown. That's why we won't even take the step. You do know that there were the disciples were in the boat with Peter. But Peter stood up and said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come out on the water. Nobody else said that because they didn't have the faith. They couldn't even recognize if that was the Lord even talking to them. But again, my sheep know my voice and a stranger, they will not follow. So education is good. But the only thing it is good for 
is in this world. But in the design of God and how God wants to do certain things, we've got to learn how to press our ear to his mouth so that he can tell us things. And when God starts telling you things, you can't bounce it off of no worldly person because they're going to think it's crazy. They're going to think it's foolishness. In other words, education can tell you why you're sick, diseased and broke. It could teach you, you know, many times how to cooperate with your sickness and disease. But it can't set you free. Only Jesus got the power to set you free. I'm going to say that again. Only Jesus has the power to set you free. Listen, Moses was educated in Pharaoh's house. But when God got ready to use him, that natural education was no longer needed. Moses was educated so that he can know how the enemy thinks and understands and what he was ailing the people with so that God could use Moses to deliver them. But the deliverance that Moses used was the power of God. It was a natural education. So you can do more with revelation than you can with education. I'm going to say that again. You can do more with revelation than you can with education. Allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you why you're the way you are, why you think the way that you do, why you have the same problems you continue to have, why you don't have any money, why your marriage is bad, why your relationship with your kids is bad. Now, you can read all the books you want to read on how to parent, on how to manage your money. But I'm telling you, the education that you get from the Holy Spirit is supernatural and it is profound. I'm telling you, the things that the Holy Spirit has shared with me over the years, I know I could not have learned that in no college or no university. And again, I'm not knocking that, but I'm saying to you, when you're really ready to step out on the water, you know, you can examine the water and scientifics and all that stuff. But I'm telling you, Peter stepped out on a word. He heard God say to him, and when you obey God, even science can't hold you. Even those molecules, you know, you step out on water, water can't hold you. You're going to drown. You're going to sink. And we do know that Peter began to sink. Why? Because he started to focus on the natural elements. When you begin to focus on things around you and not focus on the God that called you out into a place you've never been before, you're going to drown. You got to look at this thing properly. And so things happen in our lives when we don't keep our eyes on God. Keep your eyes on God. And I know it's difficult in the hour that we live because there's so many distractions. There's so many things that are competing for your attention, biding for you to lay hold of this and to lay hold of that. So many decisions that we've got to make in the course of a day. It will drive you crazy. But I'm telling you, we have to focus on God every day that you get up and you're blessed to see another day. Continue to stay in prayer. Uh, keep a heart in the spirit of prayer. So at any moment when God needs to get in contact with you, you will know that it's God that's talking to you. Revelation and faith operates from a place that science hasn't gotten to yet. That's why it has to be spiritually discerned. And Lord have mercy, do we need discernment in this hour? I want you to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2 
verse 14. And I think I'm going to kind of stop right in through here and give you just one more thing after I give you this scripture, because I really hope and pray that a few things that I'm sharing with you is helping you. But it says, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. I'm going to say that to you again. I want you to hear this. But the natural man, that's pretty much everybody on the planet. The natural man, the natural side of man, receiveth not the things of the spirit of God. So stop trying to train your natural man to do only what your spiritual man can do. The natural man not going to receive it. He's going to kick against it. He's going to buck against it. He's going to say, show me some proof. If science don't say it, I'm not going to believe it. How many people have you run into? They're always talking about science. Thank God for science. But just because the science said it don't mean it's from God. God don't need science. As a matter of fact, science is finally catching up with God. And that's how it should be because that says that God is the pace setter, the trendsetter. He's a million years away from science. And by the time science catches up with the things of God, which it probably will never do, but if it did, God is even further up the road. So we have to understand and know that the natural man receives not the things of the spirit for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them. He can't even know it. He can't even understand it because they are spiritually discerned. And again, without being redundant, you need to operate in some discernment. The discerning of spirits, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about, and the nine gifts of the spirit, one of them is the discerning of spirits. What is behind the activity? Not the activity itself. See, we'd like to rebuke the person, but it's the activity, the energy, the demonic presence that's causing a person to behave the way that they're behaving. This is why Jesus went after the demonic spirits. He loved the person, but he went after the spirit that was causing them to behave in an improper manner. These are the things that we don't know. This is what your faith has got to be established in. I want to know why something is going on. I see that they're misbehaving. I see the activity, but I want to stop it. I want to put a halt to it. And the only way that you can do that, your faith has to be established squarely on the power of the living God. So the question is, can a natural man have faith? No, not the kind of faith I'm talking about. They can't have it. It's foolishness to him. So how do you know the battle is yours? When you don't need God, that's how you know the battle is yours. But when you know you can't do it, the battle is God's. You see the difference? See, the westernized church today is more educated than revelatory. Again, we love some education. And I know some of you are listening to me saying, man, Pastor Delos, you really railing on education. I just want you to hear it in context. I'm not saying to you that you shouldn't go to school, but I'm saying to you, stop making school meaning you smarter than God. That's the problem. We got too many people who think that they are smarter than God. And this is why God can't get through to them. As a matter of fact, when God knows that you think you smarter than him, he's not going to talk to you. He's not even going to teach you. He's not going to share anything with you because you think you smarter than he is. 
I wouldn't even talk to you if you thought you were smarter than God. There's no reason for me to waste my breath and certain things that I believe God has given me to share with an individual. You know, we like to push things on people. God is different. God is like, once I know that you really are not on my level in terms of being uh, even having the humility to even humble yourself and receive certain things that I want to say to you, conversation is over. I'm not even going to talk to you. I'm not going to spend no time talking to you because you don't understand the power of revelation. We want a nice, educated sermon. Many times when we go to church, we want something we can understand, something that we learn through the halls of academia. We want three points and a closing because that's what seminary taught many of us pastors. And unfortunately, we teach in this nonsense to the church, to the members. But every time I stand before the people of God, I want a revelatory word from the Lord. I don't just want to read the scripture. I want the Holy Spirit to breathe on that thing and tell me what it means, what it's saying, what it's saying to the people that I'm sharing the word of God with, even in my own prayer and in my own devotion with God. I'm not reading the Bible like a magazine, a novel. If the scripture that I'm reading, I'm asking the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what does this mean? How do I apply this? How do I use this and get the victory? How do I use this and see some changes happening in the church, in my life, in my family, in my marriage, as I raise my child? What is this saying? You got to get down and dirty with this thing and stop taking it just for face value. There's more. We read John 3.16, but do you know what the Holy Spirit meant when he penned that? What is he really saying? It's more deeper than you think it is. But if you don't know that, you're just taking things on the surface. Your faith has got to be established in the power of the living God. So watch this. Paul was the most educated man of his day, but he never saw a blind eye open or a dead man live until his Damascus Road experience. Think about that. Paul was so smart. He was a Pharisee. He was a doctor of the law. I mean, you get in a debate with him, chances are you's going to lose. He had letter. He didn't have spirit. He could tell you things, but he didn't know how none of it worked. And what did Paul begin to articulate in his writings? He said, all that I learned was dung. You know what dung is, don't you? It's mess. It's stinky stink. It ain't good for nothing. And so once he realized that, everything in his ministry went to another level because he recognized all the stuff that I ate and chewed and spit out and regurgitated and walked up one side of a person and down the next and tried to humiliate them, didn't change their lives. No dead man was able to get up. No blinded eyes was able to open. Nobody was able to be born again. But man, when I recognize that the power of God, I want the power of God to rest on my life. That's when Paul began to see miracles after miracles after miracles after miracles. And that experience ushered Paul into the supernatural. Your faith must be founded in the power of God. I know I keep saying that, but hopefully this last time you'll get it. Your faith must be founded in the power of God. God gave you faith to believe in him. Your faith is being shaken because it's founded in the wisdom of man and not in the power of God. And so I pray today 
that you will recognize and realize that there's so much more to your spiritual life. There's so much higher God wants to take you in him. I want you to begin to, on a day-to-day basis, ask the Lord to show you how something is working. And when he shows it to you, by faith, I want you to believe it. Believe it's coming from him. When you ask God a question, expect an answer. But don't expect a natural answer in terms of what you could get in school or from everybody else. I want you to expect God to speak to you on a level that you can understand, yet still blow your mind in the same sentence. And so when we begin to walk in the spirit, when we begin to do the things that is necessary, our lives are going to grow higher and get stronger. And I'm telling you, the half has not even been told about where your relationship with God can go. I'm praying for you and I want to encourage you to establish your faith today so that you can recognize and see that man, I'm operating in faith at a level I never had before, which means maybe I just didn't have faith from the start. And there are a lot of people out here that just really don't have faith. All right, I pray that this show blessed you. If it did, I want you to send me an email at info at thomasadeloach.com. You can always go to my website, thomasadeloach.com. I got a subscriber tab there. Put your email in there so I can get you on my email list and I will send you back a free PDF on some things that I think will bless your life. Also, I need partners. If you believe that To Empower You has blessed you in any way possible, I want you to partner with me so these shows can continue to come to you. Scroll all the way down to the bottom of that website. There's a donation tab there. No dollar amount is too big or too small. I want to encourage you. Step out in faith and do it today if you're so led to do. If you do, trust me, God will bless you and this will be a great partnership. You and I reaching people with the power of the word. There's nothing greater in my opinion than that because lives are being changed. I'm praying for you as always and remember to be empowered. Thank you for listening to my show to empower you. If you were blessed, inspired, and encouraged, Please send me a praise report, prayer requests, or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com. And follow me on Instagram at Thomas A. Deloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be, be empowered. empowered.